The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, hey, good morning. Welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. And we're going to have a, another show going on this uh, Sunday morning. Of course, we have it each and every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock here at WHIN. And then, of course, always remember, it's on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Look for the podcast tab, Sumner County Spotlight. You can see all of our shows right there. I want to kick it off and welcome our good friend, County Mayor John Isbell, to the studio. He was We were actually able to get him out of the building, so thanks for coming by. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, you know, you've uh, you've been in office uh, almost a year or so, and uh, a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot going on in Sumner County, mm-hmm. and I, I always start every conversation. We are blessed to call Sumner County home, mm-hmm. and so uh, so I've enjoyed this first year. Uh, a lot of challenges, a lot of opportunities, but looking forward to the next. So when you first came into office i mean you'd already been in the building so you kind of knew what was going on with with everything but what was the one eye-opener when you came in there your first week or first month any like whoa (laughs) yeah well you know obviously it was working with the the teams that i had around me the Mm -hmm. uh all of the department heads and and the other offices that we work with i think the most important thing was to start to build relationships with them build relationships with the cities as well Mm -hmm. Uh, that was something that i needed to get started on soon well during your campaign you you really planted a lot of seeds through your campaign and really met a lot of great people and really got them on your side so that 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 was a positive note in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had a lot of those people on your side going into it, but the cities, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, I think it's great that you you started off getting those relationships built and make sure everybody's, you know, get on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not as easy as you think. No, it's not. You, you know, when you have a lot of different personalities, a lot mm-hmm. of strong personalities, you can have some conflict built in with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think uh, we've all taken a step back and said, you know, what's the best for Sumner County? And uh, when the city sat down and, and I just had a meeting with all the city mayors yesterday, we do that frequently and just talk about issues and how we can help each other, mm-hmm. uh, how the cities can help the county, how the county can help the cities. Uh, and I think it's great dialogue and building relationships. And I think everybody really takes notice of the amount of people that are moving to Sumner County. For obvious reasons, it's mm-hmm. a great place to live, and I think it's drawing a lot of people. Probably, maybe even more so than maybe what Nashville was saying. The people, hundred people a day moving to the area. It's it's getting close. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, we're we're right at two hundred four thousand. The latest estimates, just under four percent growth over the year. So Sumner County is growing. What are some of the challenges? I guess you're facing out in some of the outer areas of Sumner County. You know, our biggest challenge, and and we're working on. A addressing this with with TDEC, Tennessee Department of Environmental and Conservation, is getting water to our northern end of the county Mm. and upgrading some of the infrastructure that we have. We have an aging infrastructure going from Gallatin all the way up to Bethpage, Westmoreland, over to Portland. We're looking at uh, water lines that are 40-plus years old. And we really need to address that. Fortunately, right now, we have an opportunity to get a $20 million competitive grant 
And we've been working with the city of Portland, city of Westmoreland, city of Gallatin to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, grants are always coming in handy. <laughs> yeah, they are. If you can get them. That's and right. Getting people to release them. That's that's the key yeah. right there. And and this is a competitive grant. And right now we have to position ourselves as a community to have the best application possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're working on right now. Uh, we just passed a resolution. The commission passed a resolution that TDEC and, and we feel might not be the strongest. So we're looking at options. The main thing and the, the singular goal out of this grant is to get good water up to the people of Westmoreland and Portland and address those serious issues that they that they have facing. Mm-hmm. So it would it kind of be a competition with, with White House district. Well, not really competition. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll we'll work with White House as well. Okay. Uh, White House utility districts. Uh, you know, they're working with Portland as well to address some water issues. Okay. So yeah, it is a collaborative effort. Uh, what we call a regional grant. Uh, it is a collaborative effort between the cities and the county. So what kind of challenges uh, would you be able to, I mean, facing trying to find new water? Well, you know, with the um, Corps of Engineers, they are basically, for lack of a better word, they're limiting the number of straws going into Ohickory Lake. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) So we can only have so many points that we can draw water from. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we have to work with existing lines. And that's where Gallatin is being really good Mm -hmm. to help the city of Portland uh, to help the city of Westmoreland, Bethpage, and on down to Castalian Springs to help them get the water because they have a big straw in into the lake drawing water out yeah. of it. Well, too, and it's, you know, trying to dig down in this ground has got to be a huge challenge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, well, wells, you know, and, and we do have some wells across the county, but, uh, but they do have issues with some of the wells mm-hmm. are drying up, wells becoming contaminated. So getting a stable water source up there is very important. And, yeah. and we also, we have drought conditions that we have to address. Portland right now, their water source is a creek. And uh, it's a beautiful creek, but nevertheless, it's a creek, not a lake or a river. And so meeting drought conditions is quite a challenge when that happens. Sure. Well, it's got to you know, be a big hurdle you've got to face. But uh, hey, you, know, you got the right people involved, and there you go. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you've got to have good people. Right. And you bring in people that are better than you are, then things get done. You That's know? right. And But... Who's better than you? Nobody. Well, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think a good leader is measured by the people he surrounds himself with, yeah. and understand that he's not always the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Just get good people around him, <laughs> right? You know, we uh, spoke recently with Toby Ellis, and you know, he's just killing it on roads. Oh. I mean, I, I you know, he's my buddy, and I just I just think he's there's nobody that had more knowledge than Toby when it comes to roads. I mean, he can tell you the compounds in this it it's blows my mind <laughs> yeah yeah i was recently on the phone with toby and uh and he he is he's doing a great job for the citizens yeah. working all kinds of hours to make sure the citizens are taken care of i can't say enough good things about mm-hmm. toby ellis yeah and you know he's he's you know got that relationship with t dot and i know we just were recently uh, talking about a closure at long hollow and center point that they're fixing this the, i guess the side of the road was kind of falling in right so uh, he's, he's he's jumping on that but he he's he knows what's happening here you oh, know he's good and that's that's great to have because one of the main complaints that you're probably going to get in any government we got to pave roads we got to get rid of these potholes we got to fix this that and the yeah. other but 
you know, we have a challenge because we have so many back roads in Sumner County mm-hmm. and little roads. Right. <laughs> and how these, you know, dualies and everything get down those little tiny roads. I mean, and he's already on top of that, addressing that situation on down the road. Mm-hmm. So we got you back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's good. What are the other departments that, that you're working with that are really kind of helping you with your Well, I tell you, you know, I, I have uh, monthly meetings with all of our department heads. As we talk about the issues, we're building those those relationships and friendships. And we've had some change. This new commission has brought about change. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had change at department heads. And, and a couple of big ones right now is a new tourism director. Mm-hmm. We were able to get Zoe Green mm-hmm. as our new tourism director, and we think she's doing a bang-up job, doing a great job representing Sumner County. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a plan in place that supports her. We lost Barry Young to Portland. Portland is blessed to have Barry, but mm-hmm. Barry's not gone away. No, uh, Barry is helpful and always answers the phone when Zoe calls. So, sure. so it's a great transition. And then the second one is our EMS director. We just got a new EMS director, uh, John Michael Poss, brings uh, 22 years plus experience, okay. uh, rising up from uh, from a BLS driver all the way up to battalion chief, and he has earned that spot. Uh, he has earned the respect of his peers, and I think he's going to serve well as our next EMS yeah. chief. Well, and, and that's that's one of the really important divisions and offices for the for the county for sure. You know, we've we've come a long way, but hey. He's got to make it better. In fact, I got to get him on the show. Absolutely, that cued me. I said, "Well, why don't I have have him in here?" He'd love to come in. Yeah, I I got to set that up. But you know, I think that that is so important, and and I think it's so great how all of our cities talk to each other. When I'm talking police, fire, EMS, Mm -hmm. all of that, that how coordinated things are because. In the event of something happening, tornado, disaster, I mean, whatever the case may be, all the departments are already talking to, with each other, so that's great. Yeah, we, we're all connected. All the fire departments, all police departments, emergency management, uh, emergency communications, uh, we are all interconnected throughout the county. So if something happens, uh, our EMA director, Ken Widener, is able to get communication out to everybody very simply mm-hmm. and uh, and bring everybody together in a hardened facility to make sure that EOC operations go well during the emergency. And we've had to ramp those up a couple of times in my term already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been quite interesting to see how mm-hmm. well they work. Mm-hmm. Uh, our EMA department, uh, under the leadership of Ken Widener, is respected throughout the Southeast. It's got great relationships across not only across Tennessee, but across the Southeast. Well, and that helps because you does. can pull resources from all over the state and you, you got those kind of connections. And I think it's it's great that we have that because there's technology changing all the time. You need that intel that you spread around. And that's good to have those contacts around the state that they, they can uh, you know absorb that, that intel and kind of be proactive on it. Mm-hmm. So that's great. It's 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 so important that I think that the city and the county work together. And like I said, you've already, you know, worked with the with the mayors, the city mayors and you have that relationship built up. The next thing is to to tackle the commission. <laughs> That's that's correct. That's it might yeah. be a longer haul, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm an ex officio member of the commission, mm-hmm. so you know I do set up there, and you know with the commission you have a county mayor can choose two paths with the commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to be chair of the commission. Of course, you have to have the vote of the commission to do that, mm-hmm. and then at that point you have tie breaking voting rights. But you also at that point you lose a veto privilege, and then if you choose 
to go a different route, you you retain a veto power. Okay. And so I believe strongly in the separation of the legislative and executive branch. County mayor does his role, commissions does their role, and I retain the veto power. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't have any intentions of seeking the chair of the commission. I think uh, my role as county mayor should be separate from right. the commission. However, we should be able to work together. Oh, absolutely. I know some they've asked me and said, what does the county mayor do? In your words, what does the county mayor do? Well, to sum it up, we're basically the CEO of the county. Mm-hmm. We execute the contracts. Uh, we have legal that uh, helps us review those and all that. Sign off on any bonds, day-to-day operations. Uh, though that's probably the biggest thing is is making sure that the day-to-day operations of the county executing those day-to-day operations we have to work well with our other constitutional officers Mm -hmm. because they are a separate entity when you start looking at the sheriff the sheriff is at an equal playing field with the county mayor same as the register of deeds assessor property county clerk and trustee so i can't tell them what to do as if I run day-to-day operations of their offices. Mm -hmm. So it's important that I have that relationship with them to work with them. Well, and as long as you've been here in Sumner County, you you know a lot of these folks from mm-hmm. years ago, and which I think it's great to have history, mm-hmm. you know, and because you 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 don't go in with this adversarial kind of attack with somebody new coming in and they know nothing about anything, but you've already got most of that that history, so I think that's in your favor, if you yeah. will. But you've got your job, and you know the county building is always busy. It is busy. You know, I get phone calls. They can start at 630 in the morning. I can get phone calls. Golly, I remember one event, I got a text at 130 in the morning that said, okay, this event's been handled. So it truly is 24-7. And, you know, I wouldn't ask for anything else. Yeah. I love what I do. And hopefully, you don't get those middle-of-the-night calls with uh, these crazy situations that happen. So you got good people, you know, handling it, but it's good mm-hmm. to know that it's going on. Yeah. So. Well, I'm real big on communication, so I love to have all the information as much as possible. Sure. All right, we're talking with County Mayor John Ismail right here in Sumner County. We're going to be talking more with the mayor right after this on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Okay, we're back with Sumner County Spotlight, continuing our conversation with County Mayor John Isbell right here. And John, we were talking a little bit for about growth here in Sumner County, which that opens up the topic of housing. So let's let's talk about that and give us some insight. Sure. You know, um, Sumner County is experiencing phenomenal growth. It's growth that, that's precipitated by our great economy, by our great schools, our great tax rate. So uh, growth is something that we're going to have to contend with. And, and I, you know, we always talk about growth coming from outside the county, but we also have to understand the internal growth that we have with the kids graduating from high school and them wanting to start the families in their hometown and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big issue that we have to address because for years, the, the term has always been affordability, uh, housing affordability. Well, I've kind of shifted my narrative is it's really not about affordability. It's about attainability, housing attainability. And that's something that we're struggling with in Sumner County. Uh, We struggle with that because of the growth that we have and the appreciation in home values. Mm -hmm. We'll see this coming real soon when we have a reappraisal next year. Sumner County is on a five-year reappraisal cycle right now. 
So our last reappraisal was in 2019. We saw a growth appreciation of around 35% on average. Mm -hmm. Well, this year we're going to see a much greater percentage. I think we're going to see probably somewhere near 40, 45, maybe even 50% in some areas. Wow. Uh, So it's going to be a challenge. And and that's just the market. So Uh, with it, when when you talk about reappraisal, Mm and somebody gets your houses have been appraised hundred thousand dollars more than it was last year that means their taxes are going to go up is that correct well not really the way we have to look at it is the last reappraisal was done in 2019 so that was the value reset at that point okay well that value will not increase unless you add something or subtract something from that property okay. so you're really not looking at a value increase of from last year to this year it's over that five-year period where we capture that growth over a five-year period. So that's what you're going to see. Now, what we do, because the assessor of properties office cannot raise revenues, cannot raise taxes through a reappraisal, they have to go in and calculate what they call a certified tax rate. So basically, they take the values, they take the, the budget where it was, subtract out the growth, and then calculate a revenue neutral tax rate. So you may see, like right now, our tax rate is $2.25 rounded. You may see that drop down to $1.75 would be the rate that would be presented. Now, that's just an arbitrary number. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it will come down. And that will be the number that's presented to the county commission. Now, the county commission will have three choices because what they have is they have a revenue neutral rate. So they'll have a choice to increase that rate Mm -hmm. or reduce that rate they'll have to adopt the rate but then they can do one of those two things and so we'll see what the county commission does next year based on the budget needs uh you know we still are battling inflation inflation hits county government we have to buy goods and services just like the citizens do Mm -hmm. uh, especially when we start looking at running jails and the food prices oh, yeah. to feed yeah. the prisoners. Those things, gas prices, you know, all of that directly impacts the county government. So we have to constantly look for cost savings to try to offset those inflationary increases. Sure. And county's done real good at doing that. Yeah, that's great. So from a homeowner standpoint, how would the appraisal help the homeowner? Well, you know, the only way it helps the homeowner, it gives them an idea of where they are with market appreciation. Right. Uh, lets them know where they are with their home equity and, and so forth. If they want to sell their house. If they want to go and sell their house. Right. So that's where it helps them. Now, there's there's talk going on right now with the state that, that I talked a lot about when I was assessor. Uh, actually, when I was doing some seminars and teaching across the state, I talked about this, and that's shortening the reappraisal cycle. Okay. Next year, right now, Sumner County's on a five-year reappraisal cycle. Okay. So next year, you're going to see a spike because you're going to see the the accumulation of increases over a five-year period hit you at one time. That's very difficult for citizens, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very difficult for government because government has to capture all of that at one time. Now, if we tightened up that reappraisal cycle to a two-year reappraisal cycle, that makes everything a little more stable, makes it more stable for the citizens, Mm -hmm. and makes it more stable for government and budgeting. Now, the biggest thing that people say they're against on that is they say, well, that gives county government more opportunities to pass a tax increase. Because traditionally on reappraisal, that's when county government does a tax increase. But that's simply not true. That's not an accurate statement because they vote on that tax rate every year. 
Okay. Uh, and it would be no different than any other year. Well, you start throwing numbers around, my brain shuts down, but <laughs> that's why we got you. You can explain all this stuff. And I think a lot of people, they look at buying new homes lately. I mean, there have mm-hmm. been a lot of new homes that are going up. People are buying them and looking at the new versus used market. And we know how the inventory is and how that, that the real estate market is. But I think a lot of people are obviously wanting that home value to, to maintain and not drop. You know, right. that's that's the thing that I know we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So this is going to help. Anything new coming up the state's uh, offering? Well, you know, we'll still we'll continue to, to work to build relationships with the state, make sure we maintain a good relationship with uh, uh, Tennessee Department of Environmental and Conservation, TDEC, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee Department of Transportation, TDOT. We've done real good working with them. One of the big factors, one of our big success factors with our road projects and, and just to let you know, and, and this is, I can't take credit for this, but I can tout it, is that Sumner County has the most road projects going on of any other county in the state of Tennessee. Wow. And a lot of that has to do with the work of Forward Sumner and Jimmy Johnson and that group mm-hmm. working with TDOT, building those relationships. And, and it also has a lot to do with the relationships that the county and the city have. Because uh, when we go down and talk to TDOT, we go down and talk as a unified voice of the cities in the county. Okay. Uh, we have Hendersonville touting Portland projects, Westmoreland touting Goodlettsville projects. Uh, whatever it takes for each city, we make sure that we work together to build that city up and to make sure that their roads and their infrastructure needs are taken care mm-hmm. of. Uh, well, I know just from past history, TDOT does not move fast. No. They have their own schedule. (laughs) Now, TDOT, I I will tell you, under the leadership of Butch Ely, um, they have worked really hard to take that process, which a lot of people don't know, but the typical road project is 15 to 20 years uh, from beginning to end. Uh, They're working on processes to get that cut in half down to seven years. That's going to be real good. So I think the relationships that we have with them to build that – and, and I wanted to, to follow up on one other point is is a disappointment that I had with Forward Sumner. You know, we the county currently has no relationship with Forward Sumner. We ended that relationship with a new budget. I thought that was a mistake by the county commission and a disappointment. I think Forward Sumner has done a lot of good work on the roads, building those relationships with TDOT. Mm-hmm. I think they've done an incredible work in workforce development to get our citizens, our young people, uh, ready for the workforce in certain areas. Uh, not every student is college ready. This workforce development program that uh, Forward Sumner has built between our TCAT, Tennessee Colleges of Applied Technology, our high schools, mm-hmm. and our business leaders uh, the work that they've done to build that program has uh, has been incredible. It was not good that we terminate that relationship and we no longer communicate with Forward Sumner. Right. Uh, well, and you know we're we're changing leadership here pretty soon. Um, I know Jimmy's on to other pastures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people are going to miss him. You know, he's he's kind of been a staple here in Sumner County, and you kind of recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> No, Jimmy's done a good job. Yeah. Well, and we'll see what holds for the future. And I, I don't know. Maybe they come up with a new vision. But I think, like you said, it is very important that we have those connections and right. have somebody advocating for the county mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So we know, need to have a seat at the table. Yes, absolutely. With Sumner County growing like it is, we, we're getting a lot of events coming here. Of course, when tourism you know pops in here, we've just seemed so busy all the time with all these great events. And with all of our historic monuments that we have in Sumner County, 
is, and I, I probably know this, but there's not really a historical commission that controls all of this. No, not really. Uh, it is somewhat decentralized. You know, Sumner County Museum works with a couple properties. The state has control of a lot of properties. And then Sumner County has control of some. So it is a bit decentralized, but we do have communication with all of them. So we do events that promote all of our historical mm-hmm. sites. And of course, we take advantage of the lake. We got all these big bass fishing tournaments, mm-hmm. which are, I think are fabulous. That brings in a lot of, lot of people right. to the hotels. <laughs> and yeah. I know they love it. <laughs> yeah, our tourism, between the Parks Department and, and tourism and other, other entities across the county, we have built some great annual events that uh, they bring in a lot of people. I know people really love it. I can see I mean, in Hendersonville, even here at the streets of any lake, how people are coming back. Businesses are coming back. We got all these new businesses coming in, like you mentioned, Puckets. We've got the local uh, coming in here, which are more, again, music venues. And I think people really love that. And I think Summer yeah. County has such a great history of music mm-hmm. that we should we should capitalize off that for, yeah. from a tourism standpoint, from a sales tax standpoint, why we, we can't build museums or Hall of Fame kind of things for Sumner County. We got plenty of, of people that are Hall of Famers. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, it's all money. That's what we're talking about, you know. Anything uh, new that nobody knows about? Well, <laughs> everything pretty much gets out quickly. Yes. Uh, you know, we can't, we can't keep things hidden very long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can tell you that the future is bright for Sumner County. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you see the influx of businesses, the Costco's and you know, Puckett's was, was just such a great announcement. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to bring a live music, a, a little flavor of sure. that. And I think that's something that, that Sumner County is way overdue on mm-hmm. is more live music. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we are a, a music city, so to speak. I don't want to cloud us with Nashville because we are our own entity. But gosh, our legacy of, of musicians with, from Twitty City, Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. That's why we were called the City of the Stars. That's right. At one point. And, well, the next thing I see coming, Swift City. There you go. I don't know if Taylor's going to jump on board with that. (laughs) (laughs) That would definitely bring some people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy. Well, John, you're doing a great job. Uh, Everything that I've heard, everybody just thinks you're doing so. Thank you. I hope it continues to be smooth. Thank you. You know, because I know in government, it's not always pleasurable. You always got that part of the people that hate you and the part of the people that love you. So you just, but you've been around a while. You can handle that. Well, and and it's all about just doing what's right. That's right. And uh, and so, you know, I... I focus on the number one thing, that's building relationships and uh, and working with people. Well, you're doing it for sure. And, of course, everybody, we're talking with uh, Sumner County Mayor John Isbell right here. I know he's got to get back to the office because I bet you even work on Sundays. I do a little bit, not much. <laughs> Sundays I try to take off. There you go. Well, yeah. go ahead. Take the rest of the day off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Here we are back at Sumner County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon, as we continue our Sunday morning trek through information and things going on in Sumner County. I heard about this event coming up, and I had to bring in our good friend, Deanne DeWitt. Deanne is, look, she's always got something going on. (laughs) And 
it just it never stops. So we have a lot to talk about. I, I want to just start off, do a little background for yourself. Great. I know that the Comer Barn, we have a barn raising coming up. We'll talk about that later. But uh, let's give a little history about this whole situation and I know you're you're the one to ask oh well I've become the resident expert on this sweet old stone barn a lot of folks call it the Comer barn not everybody knows it by that name and mm-hmm. so we're looking at how best we put a, a name on it going forward but I have been trying to find a solution for it for many years now somebody told me the other day or they were introducing me and said it's been 10 years or more I said no it's only been about four <laughs> it does feel like 10 maybe yeah it's been a bit of a, a lifetime it's definitely been something near a full-time pursuit because it's it's just a thorny messy challenging kind of project that's what you like if it'd be easy it'd be no fun you know (laughs) you've got me pegged so now you you've had some history here in Sumner County Uh, tell them what you've done here well let's see I have lived in Sumner County for almost 12 years now family moved down here from Ohio one of those transplants from the north we do apologize, but we've uh, living here, raising kids and getting involved in the community. I've had a lot of different roles with different nonprofits. 2018 is when I got elected to the Sumner County Commission. So mm-hmm. I had a, a fun little stint there and learned a lot. Yes. <laughs> about the stuff. <laughs> a lot about the stuff. You know, it's not just government. I I've, I say this every chance I get when I'm around smart people. Take your turn and go serve. To me, that's what serving as a county commissioner was. Yeah. It wasn't about being a politician. It was serving my community. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's it's such an important role for those who have an interest in the future of your community sure. to make that investment and be informed. And, and like I said, I got smart about so many things. I mean, it really, there were days that were um, frustrating and maddening or saddening, and mm-hmm. my husband might still want to punch a couple people because <laughs> it can be pretty hateful but honestly it is it was such an enriching experience sure. so yep I did that for a few years and while I was doing that uh, role serving as a commissioner is when this Comer Barn project became such a, a spotlight issue and you know I, I think it was 2016 when Rogers Group the quarry that owns the barn and all the property around it they gave the the barn to the county back in 2016 and was a little bit of a haphazard quick claim deed and so that needed to be cleaned up and we needed to craft a vision for it and we we got pretty darn close yeah pretty darn close and there's a lot of misconceptions still out there about that project and where that was going and and you know now we've kind of shifted and gone a different direction so so let's let's back up and tell everybody what the heck is comer barn what is that property what's the history there and i'm sure you know it (laughs) i would love to give a little history lesson here (laughs) yeah actually i'm gonna go i'm gonna wind it back a good bit let's say 150 years or more if you, if you were to have lived in Sumner County in the early 1800s, we were the mecca of the thoroughbred racing and breeding industry. I mean, wow. stop and think about that. It's just, you know, you, obviously there's been a lot of development and things are constantly mm-hmm. changing and more so in the last 10 years than any time probably. But really, when you think back, Andrew Jackson and his contemporaries, they were raising their racehorses here. I actually brought a little clip I thought I would read to you. There's this great book to my friend Bill Perrier. Some of you out there might know him, oh, yeah. and he's just... Um, he's an artist too, right? Bill passed away earlier yeah. this year as an incredibly accomplished businessman and nonprofit leader and artist and historian and writer. Yeah. And one of my greatest blessings in life was getting to become such good friends with him. And he had a great library, so he let me check out this book called Making the American Thoroughbred by James Douglas Anderson. You can buy it on eBay for $225 right now because it's a a very outdated um, product. They haven't run this book in a long time. But in the very first chapter, first page of the book, it says Sumner has produced, is producing, and will continue to produce as good and as many race nags as any county in the United States. Yeah, that was written. Oh, I should have figured. 
figured out the copyright on that. But you know, that's an that's a mid eighteen hundreds. Who calls them nags anymore? You know, <laughs> so I know that I was know. a name, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah, a little old English thrown in there just for yeah, the no, extra absolutely. education. So you know that that was the the root of Sumner County's history and the international steeplechase. I mean, that was a big deal. The group that came together, the Southern Grasslands group, was an organized likes that I was just talking about. These folks who were breeding all their horses, they put that together. They they actually created a spur of L and N railroad so that we had the the elite of the East Coast. We had the elite from across the pond coming wow. to Sumner County for the international steeplechase. And that was another really big deal. And that happened two years in a row. And, you know, we know what happened in, sure. let's see, uh, 1929, 1930, things things turned south, right? So between the, the Depression and then later the Civil War, all of that center, epicenter of the racing horse industry moved to Kentucky. And so instead of the Tennessee Derby, we have the Kentucky Derby, but I guess that's okay. We have some other cool things in Tennessee. So when did the Comer Barn become abandoned and just people were done with it? Well, yeah, I'll give you the expedited version. So you get through the depression, Guy Comer, purchased a 500-acre parcel called the Wilson Farm back in 1935. And so it was in the late 30s where he built the stone barn that we're talking about. Okay. And he he did a lot of different things on the property. Walking horses w- was his interest. And so sure. he, he had some competitors, but mostly was interested in the breeding of walking horses. And so he bought that 500-acre property and he always called it Wilson Farms. So it's interesting when you go back and you think about, well, what was Nashville Pike called? It was, it was maybe the Avery Trace or one of these other, you know, mm-hmm. dirt roads but then they paved it and things so many things have evolved on that property since and ultimately that 500 acres was sold to the quarry to Rogers Group maybe in the late 1990s right around 2000 and so when that property became the quarries it was you know in this limbo land that so it was about that time frame when the last horses spent their time you know still being stabled there at yeah. the at the barn yeah and there's other buildings in the back as well yeah there's a few it actually i think if you take a moment you really can't see the full scope of that property unless you're on vietnam veterans heading east past exit 9 towards exit 13 and you can from that vantage point to the east You can see this old 500-acre farm, a lot of it that's landlocked between Vietnam veterans and the CSX railroad. And that piece of property, you know, there's a pond and there's this view of Pilot Knob that sits off to the back, one of the highest points in all of Sumner County. And you've got chicken coops and you've got all sorts of other stables and barns that are on the property, some that have fallen in. But actually, my favorite one is directly behind that stone barn. It's the groom's quarters. I call it the keeper's quarters. It's a tiny little house. Tiny little, tiny, tiny little four bedroom, four room house, not four bedroom, four room house. It's, you know, anyway, that's that little stone house is just as charming as anything. And yeah. So tell people actually where it is. So if they're, they're oh, not a, sure where it is, you know, it, that too, I talk, talk about the epicenter of things. It's, I think of it as the epicenter of Sumner County, and mm-hmm. at least um, in terms of our population density, it's right between or right at the juncture of Hendersonville and Gallatin. It's just east of Chute Lane on Nashville Pike, right next to Sumner County Tourism, uh, right across from Chocolate Covered Strawberry. Right, and the tourism building is actually part of that property as well. That it is. Uh, I guess the county or Rogers Group was leasing to the or giving to uh, Sumner County Tourism. Right. Yeah, Sumner County Tourism operates in that building, and mm-hmm. as you said, Guy Comer actually rebuilt the original home that was there and he rebuilt that home. I think that was more like in the 1940s, but wow. right? It's it's actually it's pretty cool if you go out and do the right Google search, you can find pictures of all the bathrooms in the Sumner County Tourism. <laughs> 
home, the old Comer mansion, because each room, each bathroom is a different color and a different style. Maybe not a different style. It's all old style. But it, I mean, there's beautiful tile work and each really? one is its wow. own color. So yeah, I've yeah. only been there a couple of times. I know there's a lot of hardwood and yes. a lot of maintenance that has to be done to these old buildings. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, that, that's and the thing. <laughs> that is the thing. And, you know, of all the the, the things that are said um, about a quarry being in our backyard, um, they've been very good about that home in particular. They've done mm-hmm. a lot of maintenance on there, putting a new roof on it and making sure that it was fully functioning office space yeah. um, that could be utilized. So yeah, if you're driving by, you, you definitely will see it. If you're heading towards Gallatin out of Hendersonville, it'll be on your left-hand side. And it's this huge property and you'll see yeah. the big old White House there. That's where tourism is. And then you have this big expanse of, uh, of a barn. You know, last, what was it, a year or so ago, you did the first barn raising? In 2021 uh, is when okay. the, we did our first barn raising. So in 2020, we in my back in my county commissioner role we were trying to figure out how to save this old barn and so in 2020 we incorporated the preservation foundation of sumner county okay. uh, knew that there needed to be a public private partnership ultimately to save that property so we incorporated in 2020 and had our first barn raising music and fall festival in 2021 yeah and that was a that was a great community event i know you were there i know yeah. tukey bird was there that's right yeah <laughs> And you had some great entertainers. I know Chris Golden was there, and you had some some great artists. You know what's one of the cool aspects? So we we did the event again last year. Last year was a rainout, so don't ask me a whole lot about last year's <laughs> event. It was kind of a kind of a downer, but that's yeah. all right. Um, you know, you're at the mercy of that when you plan yep. an outdoor event. So that's right. we're we're back for our third annual barn raising music and fall festival this September 16th. So okay. we'll get back to that. But yeah, we we have had some really cool musicians, and one in particular has been there for each event and he is moving further and further down the lineup because he was 13 when he was with us into 2021. This is uh, Lucas Collier I'm talking about. And you can catch Lucas on Broadway at the Nashville Farmer's Market. He's been all around town. The last time when when he did our event last year, he had Cole Ritter on stage oh, yeah. playing backup for him. So, you know, there's some great reinforcement. And so he'll be on at four o'clock when we do our event September 16th. Yeah, good. I can't wait to talk about that. But, you know, but I just think with all the history, and I, we were talking previously uh, with Summer County Mayor John Isbell about the that great history Sumner County has with these older buildings, you know, Castalian Springs. I mean, you've got all these mansions and the Douglas Clark House. It's just incredible. More the, the historic history. properties in Sumner County than any other county in Tennessee. Oh. And here's another really cool, like, interesting fact. In 2021, the state made the single largest contribution to a historic property in the history of the state, and that was to Rock Castle. And it was north of $8 million. The next year, in 2022, that budget included a $9 million plus, and I don't have my numbers exactly right, but that was the second, now the new largest ever grant to a historic historic property and that was to historic Castellian Springs. So wow. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of important things. So to that say means here. you're next uh, for the next I'm big I'm hoping one. so. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean look when you tackled this thing at the beginning and you know how frustrating that it's been when you're trying to raise money, you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to get people excited, they can get as excited about things as you are. Yeah. So tell us about that journey a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> you know what I think I've landed on as far as creating a nonprofit and wanting to see after this property, but see after in the bigger picture, the things that are important to Sumner County. I really believe that, you know, some of that history I was talking about earlier, there are so many stories and places and spaces that I think it's my job, our job to connect Sumner County hearts to these places, to understand their importance and 
to be invested in their future. I, I really believe that things like the Comer Barn property, they are just, they're invaluable to the identity of our community. They create a sense of place and a sense of what our cultural history is. And you just, you want to live in a place that has that history, mm-hmm. that has something other than the cool new stuff. Like I know we're sitting right behind me, there's gonna be a cool new music venue called The Local, and I love that. I love that. But you can't bring in these great new destinations if you don't retain some of that culture and that history. So in any case, I think that that is our mission as a nonprofit is to connect our hearts to these places and to preserve that which we can. Yeah, that's... Give them a way to uh, contact the preservation... SumnerPreservation.org is our website. SumnerPreservation.org. You can email info at SumnerPreservation.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And we have, like I said, our website. So we're um, we're very reachable. And we've got some fun initiatives going on that, you know, aren't just about this barn. But um, yeah, I definitely want to make sure we clear up. You know, there's a couple big misconceptions about what's happening on that property. So I'd love if we can spend some time talking about that and what we think the future is. It's funny that you say that because we're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, that's exactly what we're talking about. I don't know awesome. how you've read, you've read my mind. I, you know, yes. <laughs> we got it. we got a connection. Hey, we're, we're talking with Dan DeWitt, and we got a lot to talk about, and that's coming up with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. All righty, we're back with more Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning, and I'm Jeff Shannon, and we're so happy to have you here. And as I always say, it's shantastic to have you hanging with us. We appreciate that. <laughs> Dan, I have some Shannon-tizer there on the table for oh. you, so use the Shannon-tizer. Okay. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, But listen, you know, we were, we were talking before the break uh, you know, with this Comer Barn, it, it's been around, gosh, such a long time. It's such a fabulous property that you just don't want to see go away. A little more than and, 80 years that and, barn's been and there. And lose yep. that history. You've got to preserve that. There have been some controversy and some misconceptions yep. about that property. And you, yes, you, are here to clear that up for us. <laughs> Let's do our best. Um, yeah, there's definitely been a couple things that have really put a tailspin on forward progress. And, you know, some of it are misconceptions. Some of it are just hangups, political things that I appreciate everybody's opinion on this subject. So we'll we'll start with some of that. You know, politically, it became an issue. And I think the opposition that came out against the barn project when it was owned by the county was really just fundamentally thinking it, it wasn't appropriate to spend any taxpayer funding on mm-hmm. saving an old barn. And so a couple things that I think are helpful to share about that is earlier in the segment, we were talking about some of these big state appropriations that have been made to Rock Castle was the first one I was talking Mm. about. And then Historic Castellian Springs. Those are actually both owned by the state of Tennessee. Rosemont is a great historic site. Gosh, they've got a great derby party every year. I Mm. love that. Um, They are owned by the city of Gallatin. Mont Haven Arts and Cultural Center I mean, they're bringing Picasso back again. They do the mm. annual veterans program. They have such phenomenal programming there. And that, of course, building is owned by the city of Hendersonville. Mm. So, But just about any historic property of relevance is owned by a, a, some entity of government. I think that entities like mine, my, the Preservation Foundation of Sumner County, we, we are there to support the operating costs and to make it so that it is not a burden ongoing. But, but there is always that partnership between government because it does take a government entity to to realize the importance and really investing. You know, government entities are there to invest in the future of their communities. 
whether it's the city, the county, or the state. And so I think there's a realization at that level that you know investing in, in those historical properties is important. What I think is the best answer is an adaptive reuse of mm, historic properties right, yeah. so that it really has a, a, a revenue source so right. that it can self-sustain it. And that's that's where we've been pushing all along. And speaking of pushing, what's the biggest pushback that you're getting from people and other than, well, we don't want taxpayers' money to pay for it? Uh, the only other big pushback is is Rogers Group. It's tough being the neighbor of a quarry, but that quarry's been there since 1910. Yeah. And so they've been operating and they... What I was most recently told is they still have 70 years of material there and they're moving their operations underground. It's going to be much less of a disruptive nuisance in the near future. But I think there's just been a trust factor. And so I get a lot of questions about that. And probably the biggest, and here's one of the biggest misconceptions, people will constantly ask me, why are you trying to save an old barn when they're just going to keep piling that rock wall behind it and they're just going to topple in on top of your barn? And so there is a rock wall that the city of Hendersonville permitted for them to build. I don't know exactly when the permit was was first acted. But they're just about done building that rock wall, which is going to become a vegetated berm. It will look beautiful and it will be okay. a beautiful transition to the high point of Pilot Knob. Mm-hmm. And so so they really have been as good of a partner as I think they can. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm grateful that we are continuing discussions back earlier this year. So there's another big conception, misconception. So since I've been working on the project, we did have some state funding. We did have some county funding and then the schools were going to be our partner. And so folks that are listening might have heard of the Ag STEM Learning Center that back in 2021, the county commission and the school board agreed to this plan where the property would transfer to Sumner County Schools, Rogers Group would transfer 42 acres, and we would be able to build out some outdoor learning space and have field trips and projects and FFA competitions and plant sales. And we could do all these great community-wide school-related activities. And why would people fight against that? I mean, that's great. (laughs) I think a lot of people love that plan. And so a lot of people are sad. And actually, well, I was mentioning, I think there's some misconception that, you know, what happened with that plan and what happened is that late in 2020, the decision of the current county commission was to return the funding and to return the barn to the quarry. And so as good of a plan as that was, we kind of had to start from scratch in January oh, yeah. of 2023. And so just, you know, I think there's definitely, it's, I think it's important to realize that nobody was walking away from that plan. Um, okay. It's just the timing well, I shouldn't say nobody. Yeah. <laughs> the school board and the, the school system and Rogers Group were committed to that plan. And we were really hopeful that we would be able to walk alongside and, and continue to bring the private support and, and donations to, to make that vision a reality and bring the, the community events like our barn raising music and fall festival. That, that desire hasn't gone away. The property did shift, though. And and here's the positive. As much as the, the schools did not walk away from that plan by the quarry now owning the barn again and, and working with our nonprofit, they've presented a multi-generational lease agreement that our nonprofit could have that property and and operate something to the benefit of the community. And the benefit of being a nonprofit, not a school system, is that I can have beer trucks on Saturdays. (laughs) (laughs) So I will take the silver lining on all things, and that's one of them. You got to do that. I know you had to have studies done because you have to go in and the engineers and the architects, and they have to look at this. What kind of numbers were you being thrown at? Well, we've had some different vantage points, I guess is the right way to say it, with different perspectives on how exactly you'd go about stabilizing the structure. So there's definitely, you can see it from the road, Mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely some compromising of the stability of the structure. So in 2020, we had an estimate that was in the range of 500,000 to put a new roof on it. We went back and kind of went back to the drawing board and came up with a little bit more of a 
thrifty rehab approach. And uh, surprisingly, even though it was, you know, we were working with a historic preservationist, we had a number there that was closer to 300,000 to put a new roof on it. And and so there's there's hope that, um, you know, within some range, we'll say from 300,000 and I'll say a million at the high end to really fully stabilize and winterize that barn. That's the first step. And that's really the first phase of the project that I'm mm-hmm. trying to negotiate so that we can take possession of that land. We can capacity build to raise the money initially for this first phase to stabilize and winterize the barn structure mm-hmm. and then from there renovate it for the full vision, which we haven't totally touched on. You know, now that we've kind of scrapped the original Ag STEM Learning Center plan, we are still staying in the, the realm of education. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, and plus the events you can have out there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's incredible. And that brings up the, you know, the barn raising because uh, you, you've had these going on and this is used as a fundraiser. Right. And you're going to have vendors. You're going to have music. It's, it's going to be a big event. It is going to be a big event. We're going to have a, a live main stage from 12 until 6. Uh, we'll have a great big vendor marketplace and food wait, trucks. Wait, wait, wait. I wonder who your MC is going to be. Oh, um, let me. This friend, hmm. um, what's his name? Oh, Shannonize, Shannonize. Uh, the oh, Shannonizer the man. The Shannonizer man. <laughs> Jeff Shannon is our MC. Well, then. I mean, everybody forget the must music. <laughs> He's just going to come and entertain you between our set changes. I'll bring Keith Urban with me. You know, we'll just you know hang out. I and thought jam I a was going to bring Keith Urban well, with me today, Carrie. but he... you bring Carrie and Taylor. Carrie and Taylor. Okay, got yeah. it. Um, you know what? I haven't mentioned this. The Jack Anderson fourth and fifth graders oh. are going to start our event with a patriotic tribute at oh, noon. So I'm really looking forward to that. Pam McCoy, she is a music teacher extraordinaire. Now, you probably aren't ready to release the artist yet. That might be a surprise. Yes, but, but I gave you a couple teasers. I mentioned okay. Lucas Collier earlier. You so did. he and his band will be part of the lineup. And, and how old is he now? He's 15. Wow. Yeah. We're just going to watch his career continue <laughs> yeah. to evolve and keep Could him on be. that yeah, stage yeah. every year. And who else? You yeah, said, you uh, know. All right. You just stay tuned. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're going to love that. Now, so this barn raising is going to be on the Comer Barn property September the 16th, which happens to be a Saturday. Saturday. And it's going to kick off at noon. Yep. But here's something really cool. And, I, I you know, it's not, not something I'm in control of, but... I do have a friend who is running another great event the same day at okay. the same property. And that event's called Dozer Day. So Dozer Day is a yeah crazy cool construction carnival with a cause is what we've been Wait a minute. Thinking. I think kids were going to go crazy over that. They can oh, climb yeah. on tractors and All bulldozers. that heavy equipment. And wow. Yeah, they can yeah. get in there and operate it. And my friend Natalie Hansen, you're going to have to have her on the the yeah, show sometime. Sounds... Natalie's but... the executive director of NUCA. Um, they're a trade association, and then they're doing some workforce development training with heavy equipment. And mm-hmm. so they've got great partners that are going to be there and set up just a ton of fun for the kids yeah. that day. So you can have food trucks out there. We're going to have vendors out there you can visit. Uh, family fun. So what are their kids' activities you're going to have? Well, let's see. In years past, and I, I don't have the full lineup yet, but I'm sure we will have balloons and face painting. And last year we had a petting zoo. I really hope we can bring that oh, back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a lot of crafts and activities the for the kids. 4-H club, they, they do a petting zoo, a really nice one, as a matter of fact. No kidding. They do. They have the big pigs they bring out. and the, I mean, it's you should contact the 4-H. They, they're super people. They, they love yeah, to they, get out in the community. They are. You know, speaking of that, so one of the fun field trips I've taken recently to help create the vision for the future of the barn property was out to a 4-H 
Youth Development yeah. Center in Western Tennessee, Hardeman County, Middleton, Tennessee. It's like you go to Jackson and drive about another hour on old farm roads to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but um, the University of Tennessee has a 1,200 acre farm out there. And so they bring in their 4-H camps throughout the summer. They are an extension of all the Hardeman County schools where most of those student groups are out there once a month and mm-hmm. get their hands dirty and, yeah. and, and you know, dig. And, you know, so the, the agricultural history of the Comer Barn property has so much in common with that property I'm talking about in Western Tennessee. Mm-hmm. There's a good probability that those 4-H friends in the University of Tennessee will have an interest in this property, and we've been building that relationship now over the last couple of years. Right. So, well, the fact is, we have to raise money, it, and we do. you could do so. You can buy tickets to to the barn raising event, and you also have a VIP tent. Do oh, you not? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're so good, Shannon. Yeah, well, you know, I think we've got one of the best VIP experiences you'll find because we got a great big tent set up close enough that you can see all the live entertainment on the stage and we'll have food and beverages, some adult beverages. And Is my buddy Nate going to be there? That's the plan. Okay. <laughs> is he everywhere these days, right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Here we're talking about buddy Nate. He's uh, over at Half Batch. Half batch, uh, you know, doing a great job. National award winning. Yes, a he is. And ale is. That's right. No joke. Yeah, it's and you a, have food in the tent and everything else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think it was great. The last one you did, I thought it was it was a very good VIP tent. Thank you. And it, it's going to be a great VIP tent at the same seventy five dollar ticket. And here's the most exciting thing about this event that I haven't mentioned yet is that all our general admission is free this year. So okay. thanks to our sponsors, we are going to make general admission entirely free. You can so enjoy they just the, walk in. They don't have to stop and buy a ticket or any no. you know get a pass or anything like nope. that. No. Nope. But can they get the VIP tickets ahead of time? Yep. We've you can all of the the best easiest way to, is to go to sumnerpreservation.org forward slash events. Okay. Or just go to our main website and look for our events page and, and you'll find information there and a link to our eventbrite and you can you're buy on tickets socials. out there. Yeah, you're on socials as well. You got it. Of course you gotta of be. Of course. Yeah. So I, I really love that you're doing this again and I just I, I think it's so important that people get behind this project because it, it can't go away. It's going to take some cash to get this thing going. And I think once people realize the importance of that property and what it's going to do for education, yeah. how can you deny that? I mean, the school systems only have so much budget, but this is would be a great, they do field trips out there. They're going to bring their classes out there. It's going to be an incredible thing. Yeah. And just to clarify, you know, Sumner County schools, I think can be, they can utilize the property going forward. At this point, there's, you know, there's no plan for them to be a stakeholder where right. they're actually running or you know the the previous right. plan that's off the table but my vision at this point is to create a hub of education and community so that it does benefit students of all ages right whether it's foundational knowledge or professional skills, we can be a center for education. And, and those are the partnerships we're exploring right. at this point. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I think it's a great cause and you get excited about things, certain things that happen. And I'm, I'm one of those that love preservation, our musical history in Summer County, our historic monuments and buildings and things like that. We need to preserve that. And I think people love to know that they're in a historic place. And of course, Summer County is filled with Civil War history, the American Indian history. I mean, it just goes on and on. And the people that have been through Summer County is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The the uh, gateway to the westward expansion, as my friend Bill Pereer would give you a whole long story about. But uh, you're, yeah. you're right. Well, we've been talking with Deanne DeWitt and with the Sumner Preservation Organization. Let me tell you, 
keep doing what you're doing. I, I know it gets frustrating sometimes when you run into walls, but you're a go-getter and you're going to make this thing happen. That is the plan. Thanks, right. Jeff. I love it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Hey, that's going to wrap it up. And again, just a reminder, SumnerPreservation.org. you got to check that out and look for them on socials as well. So this is Jeff Shannon. We're going to wrap up this uh, segment of Summer County Spotlight. Join us again next Sunday at 10 o'clock here at WHIN for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.